This episode is brought to you by our partnership with Grand Canyon University. Welcome back to the Ignite Project. I'm Jessica Solano, Director of Recruitment and Engagement with Polk County Public Schools. And today I have the treat of having Miss Deborah Hudson, Dr. Deborah Hudson with us from McLaughlin Middle and Fine Arts Academy. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Jessica. Oh, we're so excited. We do a lot of, we get a lot of teachers on the show, but you are our first official principal that has come wow. on the show. <laughs> so awesome. we're super excited. Well, and, and Dr. Hudson is talking to us today about common planning and the impacts of that. So I love when we get to hear a topic like this that's sometimes like, oh, I know common planning. Got it. You know, I've heard about it. But to have a different perspective, it'll be really great hearing your perspective. Um, something we are seeing a lot because we're also for engagement with retention, but we're also half recruiting. And that question has come up so much this year when we've been talking with new recruits. They're wanting to know about how does collaboration work? How does common planning work? Am I going to be left alone by myself or am I kind of going to be paired up with some people that know what they're doing? So I'd love to hear from you, like when we say common planning, for those of us that are maybe new to education or not in education, when we say common planning, what do you define that as? Uh, so that is great that you asked that question because so many times teachers or educators, we all have different <laughs> definitions for the same thing. And so calibrating and understanding in Polk County, this is what common planning is or at this school, this is the expectation for common planning. Right. But common planning is a bringing a nucleus of people, or bringing people to a nucleus of understanding of the standard, and not only understanding the standard, building tasks that are aligned to that standard, that are measurable, and that are able to give teachers great data mm -hmm. to move their lessons forward. And so the whole idea is to be able to synergize ideas and concepts that are aligned to the standard that build tasks that are rigorous and engaging for kids. Because at the end of the day, common plan is not for the adult. Mm -hmm. It's for the tasks that are going to be delivered to the student that's going to measure their mastery or partial mastery towards that standard. So in Polk County, one of the things that we have really built our work around is the collaboration is the working together, is the really having that candor in that discourse among adults so that we're planning those tasks that are rigorous and that are meaningful to students. Absolutely. And then doing that, you really are creating an equitable learning environment for all students, all students because we know the power that one teacher has. And I might have a brand new teacher who maybe even had an education background, but they've never taught before. Mm -hmm. Without that, I love how you have that, that um, candor. I think it was a word that you had said in the conversations there. It allows it to spill over into all the classes so we all have access to rigorous lessons mm -hmm. and quality materials, considering if I was just on my own and like, let me look for whatever lessons I could find when I Google. Right. Awesome. And we also use other terms like collaborative planning and professional learning communities. So could you talk to us about how does common planning, collaborative planning, professional learning communities, are they interchangeable? Do you think that they're different? What, what's the difference there? So in my mindset, and I definitely don't say that I'm the guru, but just from my practice, common planning and collaborative planning can sometimes be used um, interchangeably. Mm -hmm. But for the focus and the thing that I've heard um, continuously in our district is common planning. Mm -hmm. um, and then PLCs is really the forward work that you do that actually lays the foundation 
for common planning. In other words, being able to deconstruct the standards so that I as a teacher really walk into collaborative or common planning with a full understanding of what the standard is asking for. So again, the PLC is just working that knowledge, bringing resources in that actually supports the knowledge that's being gained around what the standard is going, what are the students going to have to really do mm-hmm. to really be able to master that. Therefore, when I walk into common planning, I'm already full of ideas and I'm full of resources that I can pull upon to build tasks mm-hmm. that are, are really aligned to that standard. Nice. And that's what common planning is, the building of the task. And you're looking at the individual needs of kids. You're right. looking at, okay, here's a student who has an IEP. You know, how am I going to make sure that this task is scaffold but yet rigorous to be able to accommodate their needs, but at the same time hold them accountable because they're going to take tests that are still aligned to the standard. Or I have a student who's ESOL, so how am I going to be able to engage them and use the vocabulary and build the vocabulary basis that they need, Uh that they understand the concept? So that is what common planning about. It's really about looking at those students where they are, looking at their data, and building tasks that are going to push them forward and make them even more successful. I love that. So it's very much student-focused. And I love how you said that earlier. This is not about the staff. It's not for you. It's for the kids. I love how you put that together. It's almost like the PLC is giving everybody the resources so they can all be prepared and ready, regardless of my background, right? I have all these resources from the PLC. And then when I bring it to common planning, this is where we actually dive deep and talk about individual students and how do we support them. And teachers have to understand, or just not just teachers, but educators, you should leave with a product. Yeah. It's not yeah. a waste of your time. That when you walk into common planning, it's walking in with a goal that we're going to be able to build tasks centered around this standard that should last us for this period of time. Mm-hmm. And if you're not leaving with that, then teachers do feel discouraged or they feel like I could have just did this by myself. Right. But right. when you really come in and with a total focus of, hey, I'm prepared already with knowing what this standard states. I just want to be able to synergize your ideas, your concept, your experiences, mm-hmm. your knowledge of the students, and this data that I have to build a task that's going to get us to the end mark for this standard. And I think that when we start to have that be the mindset of I have to have a deliverable, mm-hmm. there's something that I'm producing here that I'm going to actually apply to my classroom and make adjustments because we know in the middle of the lesson, here's the fire drill. You know, <laughs> right. So it's like, how do I shift that? But when I have a concrete plan in mind mm-hmm. and I work towards the end of that plan, I can make easily, easily pivot where needed purposefully in order to push the student forward. Yeah. I love that. It's such a meaningful use of your time when you're able to see it. Not just you're talking about my individual student or talking about the plan. There's actually this item I'm going to take away and make this impact with my students, Um, which then is like the next question, right? Like we're talking about it's impacting students, but how have you seen that make an impact on students? The idea of common planning now flowing over to its intended outcome with impacting students. So I'm going to tell you a story um, briefly about a student who actually walked into common planning by accident <laughs> and um, behind the scenes behind the scenes <laughs> so the kid was like oh that's what the teacher is doing yeah. when they're not with me yeah and they're like so it makes a kid feel empowered sometimes to know that you spent the time mm. 
to actually plan the lesson for them. And you're not just shooting from the hip, as we say sometimes in education, but that you're actually thoroughly understanding. And this is the why. Right. Kids, especially middle schoolers and high schools, why am I having to do this? <laughs> but understanding that the why and the push for the why is to prepare you so that when you're finally taking the FSA or the EOC that you're assigned to, that you're eight, you're more uh-huh. than prepared for that. Yeah. And um, and watching students who come out of out of testing and you see their smiles like I had it, I was on <laughs> it, and they're really just. They're prideful because they're they're feeling like I really feel like you prepared me. Mm-hmm. That the instruction that I've received all year over prepared me because the test was not as challenging. Mm-hmm. But if we're not spending that time and we're not spending it not just on designing the task, but what mini assessment are you going to give to really be able to know that the student where the student was? Are right. they mastering? Are they? I keep bringing up that partial mastery. But if we don't build that assessment at the end, if we don't take the time to say, does this assessment truly align to the standard or a portion of the standard, then we really don't know if the kids, what they can do. Uh-huh. And so when you build the culture where we're always assessing what you know, I want to know, what do you know? I care about what you know. Right. Kids are starting to build a culture where they'll walk up to you. Let me tell you what I know. Yeah. You know, and where did you learn that? Oh, I learned that in third period today. So they're able to recall because mm-hmm. we're always questioning what they learn. But the, the core of that comes from common planning. And being able to talk to other teachers, like yeah. being able to say, hey, how did your kids do with that? Because I just gave them the same task mm-hmm. and it just went over their head right. or they finished it this quick. How? What extended tasks did you have in place so that tomorrow when I teach that lesson or when I have to reteach that lesson, I can make those adjustments? Yeah. I love that. The security of knowing that my teachers are taking care of me. They're doing everything that they can Mm -hmm. to prepare me. And I'm not just taking a test just because there needs to be a grade in the grade book this week, right? Like I'm taking these tests or I'm getting these assessments, formative assessments to be able to know where I am. And that makes such a difference when the students themselves, like you're saying, you can stop them and say, what do you know? What's Mm -hmm. going on? And for them to be able to produce that. I taught third grade. It was the first year they ever got tested. And so that was, they're already ready for it like, no, it's coming and I'm scared about it. But the reassurance that comes with knowing, I've got you. We are prepared for this. This is why we do what we do. And they do walk in, like you're saying, like, oh, that wasn't that bad. That was probably the easiest thing I've taken all year. (laughs) And it also increases the number of students who actually test because if students feel as though when I was in the second grade, you prepared me. In the third grade, you prepared me. Fourth grade, I was prepared. No one's going to miss on the fifth. By fifth grade, yeah. they're coming on testing day. Right. Because they're right. like, oh, Let's my teachers this. have already prepared me. Let's do it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm ready to go in and perform. Yeah. And so when they see that the why, the why behind it, which mm-hmm. comes from the collaborative and common planning, the why, the intentionality of everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And one thing that someone shared with me, once that was so powerful was think about how many minutes we really actually have with kids right like we have 180 days of school right yeah but when you take out all the fire drills you take out all of the lessons that the state mandates that we have to teach as far as nurse lessons um technology when you take out the absences from the kids uh-huh when you take out the absences from the teachers. Right. At the end of 180 days, we may only really see them instructional time 100 days. Right. But the test that they're assessed on 
is based on 180 days right. of knowledge. So that is what propels me. That's what propels the teachers that, that I collaborate and work with to really make sure that we are preparing tasks that cover 180 days mm-hmm. of instruction and that our common planning leave with a deliverable that prepares the students for success. Right, yeah, if you're prioritizing every minute, every day, there is no downtime at all. We don't have it. I love it. And I think <clears throat> when you were talking about getting the students to understand the why behind it and really letting them kind of peek behind the curtain. We've talked about that with building relationships with students and letting them know a little bit about you personally, like that. what are your interests? You don't have to be the one that comes in and kind of says stonewall and commands the class, but it's kind of transferring that over to, you're the teacher, but let them see why you're doing what you're doing and create purpose and buy-in for the, the elements of your lesson that are coming in. Otherwise, I mean, we all know that like saying, well, you're doing it because I said we're going to do it. And today's Friday. We're taking a test. That's why, you know, um, that that is so much less enticing for some, a learner to be able to say, oh, okay. And I'm glad you brought up that point of yeah. it's Friday. We're taking a test. I remember <laughs> when I first started teaching at Kathleen Middle School. Yeah. I walked in and I started teaching the same way I was taught. Yeah. So on Monday, students, we're going to get these vocabulary words that were not even addressed to any text. They're just random SAT, ACT words that I'm giving these seventh graders. And then on Tuesday, we're going to write them in sentences. And on Wednesday, we're going to do a spelling test. And so the kids start to get into a, a routine of this is how mm-hmm. we do it. But I wasn't really thoroughly preparing them. So it took a very, um, actually, she was my uh, fourth grade teacher to walk in and say, LaToya, that's that's not how we do it anymore. <laughs> um, that is not the way that we provide instruction anymore. Yeah. This is a, these are kinetic learners. These are tactile learners. And so we have to prepare them to be successful, not just on assessments, but making them critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. And the task that you're giving them is way below level. Mm. And so she started to pull me more into the conversation conversations because I was going into common planning but coming out with my own plan right? <laughs> right, right and so she was like you have to actually use this time and practice what you're preparing yourself for and then go and demonstrate that in the classroom mm-hmm. and what I loved about it, even as a teacher when I went back and I said to the kids hey I made a mistake I was mess. I messed you guys up, but we finna get it right. Right. And we're gonna re- we're gonna <laughs> pivot right now, and I'm gonna really provide you with the rigorous instruction that you deserve to have each right. and every day. So forgive me for messing up, but now that I know better, we're gonna do better. So now let's realign, and now let's move in a different direction. And when kids see that, oh wow, you can make a mistake. And then you're going to still hold me accountable and you're still right. going to make sure that you don't continue in that way. They will also turn and give you their very best because they know that you come to give them your best every day. That's right. They see that authenticity. Yes. I love it. Well, and that's so great, too, that you have that kind of accountability in that relationship with someone to, for they can come in and say, I know you're working really hard. It's not like you're not working, but you're just not working right in the right way. And so that's even really great because we love to always kind of whatever we're talking about, make it in a way that anyone can learn from it mm-hmm. and, and try to put in next steps. And so one thing we always love to hit on is what are the mistakes that you might make along the way? So for common planning, it sounds like that was a great intro into what are some ways that we can avoid making mistakes with common planning and actually use it in the way that it was intended. And it's so important that you, as the instructor, come prepared. Yeah. So understanding and deconstructing, and in our district, we deconstruct using a tool called the ARC. 
And when that way, when you come to collaborative planning, you already know the full intention of this standard. Yeah. And then you can really spend that time with the other person working on building those, those tasks mm -hmm. that will really hold students accountable. But you also have to come with your student data. You have to know exactly where the students are so that you can get them where they need to be. Yeah. And so one of the pitfalls that I've seen and I've experienced is when we don't bring that data, we don't bring the richness to the table, we're missing. It's like you're going to make a salad, but you don't bring all the great ingredients <laughs> right. to the table. And then that you use it as a guide. Um, and one of the pitfalls that I've seen, too, with, with instructors, and, and not just in my building, but other buildings, we'll plan great for common planning. And then when we get to implementation, the kids take us in another direction. I know. And they're great at it. Like, yeah. they are <laughs> they masters are. at it. Like, they, if they're in their mind, they really want to talk about what happened Friday night, they'll get you all engaged. And before you know it, you're talking about what happened Friday night instead <laughs> of staying on that standard. And so it's so important to keep that document with you. If you're going to work and do all of this work during common planning, this is your GPS. you got to keep it on. Right, You right. can't turn the mute button off on it because you're gonna then lose your direction. And so, so many times we tell teachers, write their lesson plan and put them on, or in the share drive. Mm -hmm. It needs to be with you as well, yeah. because it is your map. So just making sure that you come to Common Planning Prepared, mm -hmm. you use your student data to drive the work that you're gonna do during Common Planning, but that you actually take the deliverable, which is your plan, mm -hmm. and you work the plan. I love that. That's so true. And this all keeps coming back to intentionality. Mm -hmm. You have you can't just show up at common planning and expect to be poured into. You mm -hmm. have to come prepared and then it's sticking with it and being intentional. I love that. Not just putting in the drive, which we have done. Mm -hmm. You're not just doing it because I asked you for it, right? Um, but to have it there and to have that intentionality. Well, and now too is the perfect time to be talking about this because this is kind of the end of the year, mm -hmm. and we start gearing up towards, all right, what are we going to do better next year? Mm -hmm. um, so what would you have as advice for, for educators who are thinking ahead and listening to this and saying, okay, next year, one of my goals is I'm going to be better with common planning. Um, would you say there's other best practices you'd recommend for them? One of the ones that I'm doing as an administrator, and I'm encouraging others, is to really understand best standards. Mm -hmm like really start to really study them and understand exactly what students are going to need to know as we move forward. Not that we're putting FSA on the back burner, right? right we right. still have to be accountable to those, but as you start to gear up throughout the summer, create you a map. Mm -hmm. You can say, okay, this week I'm gonna look at these standards and give yourself a whole week, you know? And, you, and I know sometimes I'm just driving in a car and I'm just pulling it up on my phone and I'm going through it while my husband's driving so that I can familiarize myself because as a leader, I want to learn all of them, math, I want to learn the literacy ones as well, mm -hmm. but as the, as the state starts to release them for other areas and disciplines, um, make sure that you're familiarizing yourself. If you're not moving to best standards, you're in social studies or in science or either the fine arts or electives. Start familiarizing yourself with your standards. And not just your standards, but literacy standards mm, as well. True. Because to move students in reading, we change a whole dynamic. So literacy is a foundation of everything that we teach. Even mathematics, they have to be able to read the problem. Mm -hmm. So even if you are, let's say you teach culinary arts, 
start learning those best standards when it comes to literacy so you're enriching the opportunities that you provide your students because you're able to build on, on multiple platforms to help push them forward uh -huh. so that would be my biggest like that would be my homework for the summer yeah. <laughs> is to have your your sticky notes and your highlighters and your pens and start to really dig and even these are questions that I have. What does it mean when the state says analyze? Because uh -huh. I have a definition of analyze, but is there a resource that I can find? What does the state mean when it says analyze? Uh -huh. So that I can start to teach my students to utilize that same vocabulary. That's so good. Because really, it's also that we want to do, but in the middle of the year when you're swamped, you might not have time to deep dive into standards. Mm -hmm. But you have some time this during summer. summer or when you, I like that when you're on a road trip, pull it out and start working on it. That's so great. And I see too, you brought some books. I did. Which are these great resources? These are awesome resources. One is developing student ownership. And we were talking about the students really being able to speak the same language, use the same vocabulary, and take ownership of their learning. And this is this te this takes a cultural change okay. in the building to really be able to push it forward. But it's a very rich um, book that I think teachers could benefit from mm -hmm. because I see too many times on my campus and others. The kids get on the bus and they are full of energy. Yeah. And the teacher goes to the car and they're exhausted. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I have to flip this script because mm -hmm. the kids should leave tired because they've been owning their work all day long right. in all seven classes or eight classes. And the teacher should leave and ready to go to the beach and hang out and ready for the next day. <laughs> so we, we flip that paradigm. We make that shift when kids have to really be owners of their work, not just mm -hmm. doers of their work. And so this helps you plan mm -hmm. collaboratively and commonly for that. Awesome. And then in order to do that, you definitely have to um, shaping the school culture. Um, the school culture has to be one that we all sing the same song and we have all have the same high expectations. And that's not just for student productivity, but also adult productivity. Right. Because we have to inspect what we expect. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, I have to be in common planning. And even in within common planning, we have leaders. Right. And we have teacher leaders who are like, hey, you didn't get you didn't get to pull out your standard. Hold on, I got a copy of it for you. Right. And I've already marked it up. I've already annotated it for you. So let's share mm -hmm. so that we can make sure the students in your class receive the same equitable educational opportunity as the ones in mine. So that peer holding everyone one accountable yeah. so that we push forward with the same same mission and same vision in mind. Right. And it, I, it's like pervasive throughout. It's not just Dr. Hudson, you know, is telling us to do right. this. No, it's it's the expectation. Kind of, again, kind of bringing it back to culture and behavior. Mm -hmm. We had um, an ambassador once, one of our teacher engagement ambassadors. I know McLaughlin yeah. has one too. Um, <clears throat> and they're really trying to shift the culture at their school about how they talk about their school. Mm -hmm. And someone had mentioned something, kind of used the name of the school mm -hmm. in, a, in a way that made fun of the school and she stopped her right there no we're not doing that we do mm -mm, we don't do that here and it kind of is in that set that tone of don't if, if anything don't talk about it around me because I love my school and I'm here to support my school but the kind of works in that same way if we all have to have this buy-in because we're tired we've all been on mm -hmm. um, plannings where maybe we've come super prepared but other colleagues haven't and instead of kind of walking away being resentful maybe having a a partnership, a collegial type of mindset of, well, let me help you. Mm -hmm. Let's work on this together. That's so awesome. Thank you. And I love that when you're shaping the school culture, it transcends beyond just the leader. Yeah. So even if I'm out of the building, we know that that's still that expectation is moving forward. 
if someone has to take a leave of absence, we still have that same ongoing expectation for greatness. And then one of the things I love to sell, tell teachers all the time is teach the way you want someone to teach your child. Mm, so true. Oh my if goodness. If you expect nothing but the best mm -hmm. for the child that you're raising, that parent only expects your best right so if you have the high expectation that the teacher for your child is really maximizing common planning then you should maximize common <laughs> planning right. for the students even if you've never seen a parent or heard from the parent yeah they send their child to our school with the high expectation that we're gonna give them our best right and we're not gonna let them down right Oh, such good perspective. That's so true. Your mindset changes when you have kids and they're going to school. Yes. I'm like, I've not been the best teacher I need to be. <laughs> well, this has been awesome, awesome. We always end the show with the same question, so I'm excited to hear your answer. We This is the Ignite Project, right? We're trying to ignite passions in different educators in our district and also in the education community as a whole. Um, so I'd love to know, what is it, if you could ignite something in educators, what would it be? Excellent. Excellence. Yeah. Excellence in everything that yeah. we do. I think that so many times um, we we have missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. and, and people may say, well, Dr. Hudson, you're just competitive. I am. <laughs> I, I want to be the best at everything that we do. So I have a sense of excellence. Mm -hmm. um, even in the way that we greet everyone, we want to be excellent in that. And we, we, we hold our kids to the same accountability. When you leave your lunch area, mm -hmm. it should be the best. Right. Did you clean it up to the best of your ability? Because once you've done your best, you've passed my test. Right. Once you've done your best, your very best, and you're, you're excellent in the best of your abilities, you've passed my test. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything that I could ignite fellow educators is do it with excellence. Yeah. Do it, with, do it as though your name is written on it. Right. And, and I share this story, and then I'll conclude. We went out to dinner one night with my sister, and we were looking at the wall, we're like, Ashley, that's your name on the wall. And she was <laughs> really? like, yes, I come here so often that they put my name on this table. Wow. And she got excellent service. Mm -hmm. Everyone spoke to her. Everyone greeted her. She got the best of whatever they had in the kitchen. The chef came out. And I said, I'm going to use that. Everything you do, do it as though your name is on it. Mm -hmm. If you're the custodian, as though your name is on it. The right. cafeteria worker, your name, that bus your name is on it right and own it as though you own it and it as though it's yours and do it to the best of your ability if you come to that point in your career where you can't be excellent in it then let someone help you find another career mm. because the kids deserve excellence right right they get that one chance to be in sixth grade math that's it. one chance to be in eighth grade science that's it. that's it and we can't be like well i'll just do better next year but the group that was in your class this year needed excellence. excellence and yeah. if it's not yeah. if not us then who right Right. I love it. And it's so evident on your campus. We <laughs> I love going on there and students are greeting you at the door and it's so professional. It's so uh, it is 100 percent excellent all the time. Thank I love you. that you're sharing that with your Thank team. Thank you. Well, it has been a joy. I hope educators around are, are able to hear that something that is very common isn't quite so common. We've got to put in some best practices and a common planning. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Are you fired up? You can continue to fuel the fire by connecting with us here in teacher engagement. Every month we host virtual all teacher seminars and we also have ongoing programs designed to support teachers wherever they're at in their teaching career. 
Whether you're a new teacher or a teacher leader, there is a way to get plugged in. Follow us on social media at at TeachEngagePCPS to see all that we have going on. Let's keep that spark alive and join forces with others who have chosen to stay ignited. Thanks for joining us. You can subscribe to the Ignite Project on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or watch online at the Polk County Public Schools YouTube channel. To learn more about the Ignite Project and other Polk County Public Schools podcasts, go to polkschoolsfl.com forward slash podcasts.